to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is episode 60. We are on and we are live from Full Service Radio at the Land Hotel in D.C. Broadcasting live in Adams Morgan, uh, Northwest Washington, D.C. And if this is your first time here, you are now listening to the All the Fly Kids show where the cool, calm, and connected talk straight, no chaser. I am your host, Geronimo Knows, urban culture and lifestyle enthusiast and reform blogger turned full-time interviewer. And that's why I'm here with you today. Uh, Matt. I don't know where Matt is, but uh, hopefully he will be showing up. Either way, we're going to keep it going. Um, make sure that if you are not already following us, if you haven't already subscribed to us, make sure that you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you go to alltheflykids.com, you can find all those links right then and there. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Oh, make sure that you rate, comment, and subscribe. That's important because we're trying to rise up the ranks with this show. Um, you can also listen here live at all the fly kids uh that actually no full service.org that's about that's an easier one <laughs> full service radio.org uh is the uh way you can listen to us every monday at one o'clock p.m um nonetheless today's guest two enterprising brothers who i had the pleasure of meeting um through a mutual friend of ours a colleague chris bradshaw of uh, dreaming out loud um who is a friend of the show has been on the show um, two enterprising brothers who are re- redefining what it means to make your money from the land mm-hmm. and change the landscape of their Northeast D.C. neighborhood of Clay Terrace one plant at a time. Mm. They've seen the best of times and they've seen the worst of times in D.C. And, I, and they want to empower black youth with the skills to attain health and wealth because, you know, it's all about health and wealth and health is wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I want to introduce Bo Luther and Wallace Kirby of... Hustlers to Harvesters. Hey. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. How y'all brothers doing today? Man, do bless, man. Woke up just morning, man. Bless, bless. Okay. Another day above ground is always a blessing. Better know it. <laughs> Better one when you go back into. Yeah. yeah. Depending on where you depending on how you think about it. Some people are they're not happy to leave here. And others, they, you know, they they've done all that they needed to do. They made peace and they know it's time for them to move on Absolutely. and make way for others to come come right behind them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so we're starting off something new. Um, every start off every show with something new now. We want to ask people the flyest thing they've ever done. <laughs> well, me, myself, the flyest thing I ever done, man, was turn my life around from a life of crime, man, okay. Okay. to realize, man, that uh, the same thing I applied for criminal mm-hmm. activities, Applied on legal terms, right? That's the best thing that I could ever say I could do, right? Okay. And for those who do really listen, what I mean by that is uh, you just flip the landscape, right, mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Is uh, instead of using what you was out in the streets doing, okay. apply political. Okay. Same thing. Okay. And what about you, Wallace? I guess, I guess I will ditto what Bo just said. You know, I flipped the script on him. Okay. You know, I was a hustler, straight up hustler from, you know, neighborhood and Went to prison mm-hmm. and uh, decided I was going to transform myself and transform those that came in contact with me the same way. You know, I felt I was a leader in the streets and uh, I became, uh, during the time I was incarcerated, I became an imam, spiritual okay. leader, which took a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, to get in that position. And I used that position to politicize, educate, <clears throat> and organize 
you know, our brothers that was in, in, the, in the spots. Right? Okay, okay. And so, uh, you know, for a lot of us, that experience was like real fly for us because okay. it gave us a, a different perspective on ourselves and gave us a different perspective on life itself, right? Right, right. So, you know, I always say we flipped the script and, you know, my thing was, you know, I don't know if people know about this uh, movie and book. It was called uh, The Spook Was Set By The Door. Mm-hmm. And very, we kinda, fa- very familiar. Yeah, so we kind of modeled ourselves after that, right? We okay. learned what we had to learn in there. We got college degrees. We got vocational training. And then we said we was going to flip that script when we got out here, right? Mm-hmm. We was going to come back to the hood and flip it around. Mm-hmm. And, and now, that you know, it's a little movement going on, you know, buy the block back, right? Yes. Stop talking about the hood, buy the hood. Well, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. So both of y'all are from Clay Terrace, correct? Of course. Right, they okay. call it Richardson Dwellings, right? Richardson Dwellings, okay. Clay Terrace, born and raised. Born, born and raised. raised. Okay, so <laughs> real quick, let's, let's, let's paint a picture for um, some of our listeners because y'all are some OGs, you know what I mean? I don't like to use the term old heads unless, unless I'm talking about people I don't particularly care Oh, but, 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 but y'all, y'all, y'all seem like some good stand-up brothers. So y'all, I consider y'all OGs. Um, Appreciate it. Thank you. Paint a picture for what, not just where <laughs> y'all are from, but just what the city was like mm. when y'all were younger. You know. Well, mm. let me let let me go where I where I, my my era right. Okay. And then it then it can go to Wallace era right okay. because he his era was before my era and basically like a. Briefly, as uh, as I was growing, actually, my family was from Georgetown. Okay. You know, born and raised in Warrington, Virginia, but they got put out of Georgetown mm-hmm. over in Clay Terrace for the gentrification, right? Okay. And a lot of people, <coughs> for those who don't know, uh, the neighborhood of Georgetown mm-hmm. was once uh, a black neighborhood. That's right. Totally. Completely black neighborhood um, up until when, just about? This, well, actually, it started, they started gentrifying us in the 60s. Okay. Uh, my grandmother and them got put out of Georgetown, that move, they got put out of Georgetown back in the 50s, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so I was already, I wasn't even a thought in Clay Terrace, but I was actually born in Clay Terrace, 322 54th Street, mm-hmm. Northeast, mm-hmm. in the living room floor, right? Okay. So, uh, but as, as growing up, man, it wasn't no easy task mm-hmm. because uh, my mother got killed when I was four. Wow. On uh, George Palmer Highway, which is uh, Martin Luther King highway now right okay and uh see pleasant see pleasant mm-hmm. okay and i was traumatized since that time right you mm-hmm. know never knowing it really actually mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> but who sheltered me as i was growing up is brothers like wallace you know and my uncle you know which wallace and them all them knew right mm-hmm. but uh that's what sheltered me because you know my mother passed at the age of four my father was you know he was my father but he was papa was a rolling stone right mm-hmm. i don't knock him create a blessed soul right but throughout that time, <clears throat> I had to, you know, basically be raised in the neighborhood mm-hmm. by those who really cared for me because I didn't understand, you know, that love and still don't like when a person say they get on their mother, they, you know, they get sarcastic with their mother and all that. Mm-hmm. I get offended by that because I don't understand the love of holding and grabbing your mother right. because mine passed when I was four. So I had the privilege of still being raised by brothers like Wallace and, and other sisters that was over there that, that uh, used to whip my butt. Mm-hmm. I could, you know, I mean, back then you had the whole neighborhood right, whipping right, asses, right. man. Right, right, right. You know, if I could feel free to say that, right? You good? You good? Okay, they was whipping asses back then, man, okay. when we was young. I, uh, I had to walk maybe, what, almost a quarter mile from Richardson? Or like yeah. Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. where I went to elementary school, right? And I was so bad 
By the time I got home, I didn't got five ass whoopers, right? Mm. So, which was a good thing because it taught me to be the person I am today. But to speed up a little bit, I, it was rich in agriculture in our neighborhood. Okay. It wasn't nothing like you could come off the front porch of my granny say, hey, baby, go get us some vegetables and stuff. I got some, I'm going to go get some chickens or something, right? Mm -hmm. So, we walked through the neighborhood and uh, going Miss Murray backyard, Miss Susie backyard, Miss uh, uh, Henry's front yard get, uh, to get peaches and pears or whatever. And this is Northeast D.C., <laughs> Ward 7. That's right. Ward 7. Yes. And actually, if you listen to me, I talk with an accent. That was the country over there. Yeah. You know? I mean, my, 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 um, <laughs> my sister's husband, he, um, he grew up in Berry Farms, which okay. um, country. is country. Right. But his grandmother still lived off of um i believe i believe he said uh hunt place hunt, yeah okay. country and, right. and he talks about farm. how they would go from they would go over there right. when they were young it and farm. it was still just you yeah. know farmland and and and, and, right. and there was there was agriculture bro, there. that's right when i grew up in this and we talk about the 70s yeah right. bro right. we had still we look we still had chickens and stuff man over there man we i mean in the 70s, we had the Wonder Bread Company that used to be on Nanny Helenborough Avenue, mm -hmm. right? And we ain't never need bread. <laughs> because, you know, they might have a loaf of bread that was too short, too fat, too or cut too long. So they get rid of it. They, yeah. they ain't get rid of it. We was always there. Okay. It was never get rid of nothing. Okay. I mean, like, yeah. get rid of, they wouldn't sell it. They would, oh, no. Nah, they, they would just give, that would, that would be what yeah. they would just give away. And back then, you know, that... You you could go back there and get anything, honey buns, whatever the case may be that okay. you know that that they did. So that was one source. Then, like I said, we had farms all in the neighborhood, and actually, Nanny Helenborough Wallace could get a little deeper than that part. It was a farm area. They had farms, actually farms over there. You know, the wow. move, first movie theater that was over in D.C. over there, the Strands, uh, Strands, right? Uh -huh. Movie theater was a rich in the rich in nature, rich in nature. We. As we grew up, we never had a problem. We was never hungry. Mm -hmm. You know, we never went through the pod like people now, like uh, 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 they said they don't have nothing to eat. We always ate. You could knock on anybody's door or somebody come out come out the door. We got some leftovers left, mm -hmm. you know. And um, as growing up, all that changed. That part changed when we started getting a little older because they start, you know, actually in the 60s rides. Yeah. It all changed. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about they just shut us down yeah. and Wallace could get you a, get you a little deeper than that, right? Okay. When it comes to that, right? But uh, we suffered in those times, you know. And if it wasn't for people like Wallace and those other big brothers that helped us pull us through that, mm. you know, we would have suffered even more. But I can so that 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 village that village mentality was lost once the once the riots happened and then the destabilization right. of all these black totally. neighborhoods and these black communities within Absolutely. within the city Definitely. and within cities across the country. Herb, exactly, Curry, you know, right. because. What we what they called thugs wasn't thugs. Mm -hmm. They were taken from the rich and bring it back to the poor. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's how you know. Actually, that's how I was raised doing it, and, and doing it as a as growing up. I had a I had no care about the way I lived as I was growing because I'm like my my mother deceased, so it was no problem for me. Like they tried to snatch me as a young age to go to foster care, right? Mm. And uh, I sat on the steps and they told me I could either go to foster care or for a better life, or I could stick with my grandmother and keep going in and out of jail. I chose going out of jail because I wouldn't be disassociated from my family. Okay. So, you know, and that's how I was growing up. But all in all, we stuck together. Right. I mean, like glue. Okay. And so, so at what, so, oh. and I mean, Wallace, you can take this question. At what point did y'all, did that, 
that when that switch happened, when that changeover happened to where that that village mentality was 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 broken up, and I guess people became a little more selfish in their in their in their ways in regards to just how they're going to make money, how they're going to provide mm-hmm. for themselves at you know. <clears throat> Not taking into consideration anybody else in the neighborhood or whatnot, you know. You said both of y'all, you know, y'all were in the streets. You, you know, you were hustling, right. selling drugs. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And so, at what point did y'all make that decision that this is what I'm gonna do because I need to feed myself and I need to do X, Y, and Z? Well, well I can expound on that, but Wallace can go still back with the history part of what mm-hmm. changed me. Mm-hmm. What actually changed me was, uh, um, I think in '95 or something. Can't recollect the year. Uh, I was sentenced life without parole. Wow! And uh, <clears throat> um, glad you're here with us. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And a brother, you know, and I didn't didn't even care about the time at the time when the brother, you know, when I got the time. And uh, when I got back to my cell, I asked the creator, "Why me?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Why not you?" That's right. the answer I got back. Mm-hmm. So from that day on, I grind. I said, I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to deteriorate myself in jail. Mm-hmm. So from that time on, I make it, bring it up to date. I uh, wind up doing, giving all my time back except 13 years, mm-hmm. right? And uh, after 13 years, they paroled me to a street, to the streets a year before my time. Mm-hmm. 210 pounds, 5'5", five, five, mm-hmm. on psych medication. Wow. And couldn't see a parole board until a year later because they released me too early. Right. And when I came home after doing, doing 13 years, you had to figure like I'm handicapped. Right. They put so, you go from one bad situation to another. Just exactly. They, 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 they basically set you up for failure. They left you That's with right. no tools. Nothing. You're, you're, so, you're sick, unhealthy, you know. <laughs> 200 pounds on yeah. medication, yeah. bro. Just doing 13 years straight. Mm-hmm. Coming home to an area that I wasn't even paroled to. Right, didn't see, couldn't see my parole officer a year later because they said uh, I was paroled by accident. So mm-hmm. that means I was already set up to go back to jail. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get no medication, didn't know where to go, what to do. So uh, I struggled with it for, I struggled. I said either it's going to be back to jail or this. So to speed it up, you know, I survived. I was a hustler, survived on the street. Mm-hmm. But I survived this time without selling that one stick of drug. Okay. The whole time since I've been home. And uh, from five years, to bring it up the page a little more to Big Brother over here, we ran into each other on 37th Street when the youngins was over there beefing with one another. Mm -hmm. So we got them to clean up uh, the whole Anacostia Road, you know, just on some some pure love. And for anybody unfamiliar with uh, 37th Street Southeast... um If uh, if you're familiar with the rapper Shaq Lizzy, yeah, that's Shaq Lizzy Turf. That's that's where he's from, right? Yeah, so you know, props out to my man Shaq because I do know him personally, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have some conversations with him, right? And uh, but uh, from there, we cleaned up 37th Street, you know, and Wallace can probably expound on that a little bit more. But I'm I'm ready for Wallace to expound on it. He just (laughs) let me get in a little bit, and then I'm gonna let him go ahead and flow on all the you know, fill all the gaps. So that's how me and Wallace had reunited. So I'm gonna let him flow. Okay, because I definitely want to make sure we we, we have an opportunity to talk about harvesters too. So, but yeah, that that, that background, go ahead and give us that, Wallace. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm a little little, uh, older than Bo. Okay. Maybe about ten years or so, and I couldn't tell. You know, like, <laughs> right, right. Well, I'm fifty three. <laughs> okay, right. okay. So, yeah. so uh, basically, you know, came out of uh, public housing there. You know, but that area over there, you know, they kind of lumped the area under one terminology of Deanwood area. You know, yeah. they kind of call it the Deanwood area. You know, anybody know about that? 
the name itself. You know, these these were uh, European uh, farmers mm. who owned that land over there. You had the Deanwood family. You had the Bennings. You, you know, like Benning Road was named after uh, these families that had these uh, this land over there, right, right. farming land. Mm-hmm. And you know, basically, uh, what eventually happened was uh, those. You make sure you keep. You keep yeah, those landowners. There you go. Those landowners, they eventually sold some of that land to some of our people, some some blacks, and they built up a, a economic enclave over there uh, in that area, like the Sheriff Road, Nanny Hallenborough Division Avenue, and so forth. To the extent that, like Bo was saying, you had one of the first black theaters, which was a Strand, mm-hmm. because during that period of time. Uh, blacks couldn't go to certain movie theaters, right. you know, and so forth. And you had one of the first carnivals, black carnivals, mm-hmm. right there where uh, Woodson High School is. Okay, mm-hmm. used to be right there. HD Woodson. HD okay. Woodson. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to HD. HD. Right. <laughs> Likewise, uh, you had right there at Nanny Helen Borough Division Avenue and Foot. You had uh, the Barnetts. Okay. Which was a, a catering service, a cafe. And they had the Crystal Lounge attached to it. You know, people know about, you know, hear a lot about uh, the late, great, inspirational, motivational uh, Marvin Gaye, right? Uh, He did some of his first uh, stints, singing stints right there in the Crystal Lounge, Lounge. along with a lot lot of other uh, entertainers, Peaches Herb and so forth, right? And, you know, we were young people, you know, we just go down there, you know, we looking at them, we seeing the big cars drive up, we seeing all the slick <laughs> outfits and stuff, you know. Everybody was clean. So everybody yeah, was clean, man. right? And we were always envisioning ourselves, you know, uh, coming up like that, right? Uh, Mr. Barnett, though, you know, kind of highlighting him, you know, and uh, uh, ripped to him, you know, because yep. Mr. Barnett was like a cultural icon in our community. Anybody that don't know about uh, Mr. Barnett, his name is Armstead Barnett. He was he was a one of one of the first black uh, caterers within the White House. Wow! And yeah. he brought that those skills, that talent, that ability, and that commitment to black people over to that area, the Deanwood area. He first set up a catering service on that level, on that scale. Mm-hmm. You know, he was one of the first blacks to do it on that level and he did it first over there off of Sheriff Road he set up a catering service then he moved from Sheriff Road over to Foot 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 in a division okay uh, for us and you know a lot of our people were you know what you consider poor you know a lot of them was on uh, welfare and so forth and so we you know people ran out of food mm-hmm. they, they would send us down there with notes to Mr. Barnett mm-hmm. Mr. Barnett would send us home every day for like Two three weeks with food, mm-hmm. right? And that Bonnie Burger special. Bonnie Burger. He came over with the Bonnie Burger. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. he had a signature meal that beat out a uh, bon- uh, Burger Burger King. King. He okay. was in court. What, what was the Bonnie Burger? The <laughs> Bonnie Burger was a, sl- a, a, a slab of ham. Okay. A ham a a a, a, a hamburger. Okay. Two hamburgers. Uh-huh. Slab of ham, mm-hmm. cheese, lettuce. And a special sauce that couldn't nobody replicate. Okay. And that was on a sesame seed bun. Okay. I'm talking about stacked. I'm talking about greasy. Some straight up greasy, good meal, but a million a million times better than a Big Mac. Oh, Big Mac, everything. I told you he beat Burger King out. Burger King had him in court uh, uh, for the Barney Burger. He tried to say he replicated the 
Bonnie, he replicated the Bonnie Burger for the uh, the Whopper. The Whopper. Okay. Right. But he beat him in court. Nobody never tells that history though. Okay. Right. I right. mean, it's good. That's good history to yeah. know. And, okay. Uh, you know, for us, uh, that area, you know, it was like an ecological paradise. Yeah. Because when we were younger, you know, Bo mentioned, you know, the elementary school that was there. It's now Kip School. Yeah. Wow, gentrification, right? Right. But it was a elementary, our elementary school was Richardson Elementary. Okay. And it was like a hop, skip, and a jump from the public housing development where we lived at Clay Church. And every other week, we would do what we call nature walks, right? Yeah. We'd come from the school, go down in what we call the creek down here. Now they renamed it the Marvin Gate Park area. Yeah. And we learned about nature. Yeah. Right? But we were right there in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? So we knew all the trees, the flowers, the, the animals, everything, right? And that was like, you know, really inspirational to us. And then, you know, we had the fruit trees the, and all this here. But what we used to do as a community, too, from a agricultural perspective was that each court had like a court captain uh-huh. and what we would do we would take turns these different courts that we you know back then we had them burlap sap yeah and we would go out near the uh, <laughs> pepsi-cola company with all them woods and stuff is they had a lot of uh buried trees and all that and we would load up these burlap traps groups of us and we come back and we help feed the community, right? And this is the, this is the sixties, these 70s. like the sixties, yeah, yeah 70s. Seven, early seventies. Okay. And um, then, like you say, what happened was, for those who remember, before they had Resurrection City, the Poor People's March in D.C. with uh, the late Martin Luther King and uh, um, Reverend uh, Walter Fontroy, uh, he did his first speech in regard to that march that was coming up down there on Nelly Helenborough Avenue. They got a little plaque mm-hmm. down there commemorating that event. And it was in preparation for the Poor People's March, okay. which led to the establishment of Resurrection City down there on the mall. For anybody who don't know about Resurrection City, they should check that because, number one, it was about eradicating poverty you don't hear a lot of people talk about eradication of poverty mm-hmm. right you hear a lot of people talk about program service and that, but they they tend to shy away from that poverty. right and that okay. was a crucial aspect of the civil rights movement that again kind of got flushed under, under under the rug for some reason right mm-hmm. because a lot of us that were down there you know we ended up for those who don't know they they terrorized us down there right mm-hmm. i mean it was, it was raining we had built you talking uh, about the police terrorized y'all? Police, military, wasn't military. just police, military okay. and everything, right? National Guard, National Guard, all they, they beat us. You know, I, we got separated 60s. from our parents and everything like that, right? So you can imagine, you know, some young people having experienced that type of level, that level of traumatization. So then you talk about the rise that occurred, mm-hmm. and down in where we at, I mean, they ran us back up into our neighborhood, and we were virtually on lockdown, right? We right. was under siege okay. for weeks, Quarantine. right? And people were feeling, you know, real desperate, and a lot of anger was, was you know, was surfacing yeah. too, right? And yeah. for me, that, that was like, for me, a pivotal point in my change in the way that I perceived myself in relationship to society mm-hmm. and the government. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I stood down there and watched black men who were armed to the teeth shooting at our mothers and beating our mothers and stuff i, I couldn't believe it right right I, I mean i really couldn't believe it and then for me i was so angry now i was an a a b student at, at that elementary school but 
that what happened to us during that that era it destroyed all that for me and i i was like okay you know this i need to find a way to you know make money mm -hmm. because this this seemed like it's rooted in money okay and we wasn't hearing that you know most of our people was like hooked up with the church you know they wanted you to you know get saved and all right. that right but we 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 were virtually like starving and and that that's that starvation that hunger hey. that fueled the ambition to yeah. go out and get it for yourself go and get it for and, yourself and un so. unfortunately that was that was what was available that was that was, the, that was the quickest the quickest we solution. didn't see we didn't have yeah. a lot of we didn't have a lot in as black male we didn't have a lot of men stepping out the door at a certain time in the morning with no briefcase and all that. When we mm. seen individuals stepping out with briefcase, they was going to rob banks, mm. right? Oh. And so our thing was we seen this and we wanted to, you know, we wanted to replicate that because we wanted to get paid too. So, right. okay, so what y'all said in the beginning, you know, much of what y'all learned being in the streets, hustling or right. whatnot, living that lifestyle, you've now been able to apply that in a more positive way Mm -hmm. The same, you know, business practices, things like that, mm -hmm. um, with hustlers to harvesters. Exactly. Okay, so boom. Let's start with that. The, the the inspiration to launch this organization. What I'm gathering is, and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. What I'm gathering is, you want to be able to bring back that village mentality, and also that self sufficiency right. within the community, and, and and empower, as I said earlier in the introduction, empower. Um, Young black people That's right To be of able to, to To not only Take care of themselves But also understand You know This is what You know Your food is coming from And That's you want right. to pay attention To your health and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Exactly Okay um, But y'all can go ahead And expound on that If you okay. want to well, You know right. Actually You speaking of the young generation Right mm -hmm. Like I could say You know I'm proud to say I'm 53 Right mm -hmm. You know And uh with it, the things I've been through in my life, right? It's another year of wisdom. The, yeah, right. That's all I can always say is wisdom, right? And, uh, and I correct some of the youngest when they call me an overhead. Mm -hmm. I always tell them, no, nah, I'm, a, I'm a hustler. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not no old gangster. I'm not an old G, how some of them claim. I just, to me, gangsters is uh, politicians, the Trumps, them gangsters. <laughs> real gangsters. Them the real gangsters. See, we just hustlers because right. we, we got to get our hustle on to prove what we do. after right. that money. Exactly, and that's all we do. So basically, but back to the young generation, like I said, I'm 53, right? And my thing is, is this, right? While I'm still willing and able, I have no choice but to help guide those young generations back on track because it's not too much that they could tell us that they're going through that we haven't already been through. Mm -hmm. So the purpose is to try to tr is not try to stop a lot of them from going where we went at. We don't want them to go that way. Mm -hmm. We can show you, we can tell you better than what's going on that way. Now, if you want to go that way, that's all right with you. But now it ain't all right with us because we're giving you a direction. You know how, like I learned from my big brother, we're, getting, we're giving out the three pills. Okay, what's the three pills? Huh? It's the red one, the black one, the green one. Okay. You take your choice on however you want it, right? Now, so just start from a level of pan Africanism and whatnot. That's right. The red, black, and green. You got to know where you came from. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Knowledge uh, yourself. That's exactly. Right. Now, 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 the pill we giving up is a positive pill. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go this way, you ain't coming back. Now, if you go to the left pill, go with that other pill, you go in the left direction and you might get back. You mm -hmm. might die, you might go to jail or whatever the case may be. But we want to stop that ahead so we can show these youngers, look, so we can have an easier way of life just as well as you are. Mm -hmm. You know, because what we are the missing link to a lot of you all. Because without you without us, 
explaining a lot of the downfalls, you lose it. So if they take us off the streets, where does that leave you? Right. No knowledge, blind to whatever's going on. Did you even know about the poor man march on Martin Luther King did with Walter Frontroy back in the 60s? See, a lot of our yeah. generation don't know. Mm hmm a lot of our generation don't know how rich we are in Ward 7. But the whole thing is, what we want to do is stop them from trying to genify, genificate everything that's going on so they won't act like they forgot. So, you know, like you said, you're talking about urban agriculture. You know, we, we looked at that and we said, okay, well, is there money there? Mm. Absolutely. Right? D.C. is a green city. Mm -hmm. Right? However, where do we, you know, where do we fit in? I mean, y'all fit in because y'all came up in that. Okay. And y'all didn't even realize that that could be a whole industry or that, you know, decades later, that would be a whole booming go. industry. Urban agriculture would be this buzz term, buzz, this buzz, life right. lesson. You know what I mean? So we're setting, you know. <laughs> y'all got free education. You Thank go. you. Life lesson. Some people go, go to school for agriculture. Right. <laughs> well, I went to jail to get it too, though. Right. I learned it in jail too, so but still got it free. You got it free. <laughs> you, you, so you, said, you gave some of your time, your, your you actual go. time, but you still didn't have to pay nothing. Right, so we exactly. Saying, we saying, it, you know, we saying to a lot of these young people, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Shy Glizzy and, and so forth. You know, the Jay-Zs and all them, you know, a lot of people, you know, they look at them because they want to go into the, you know, the entertainment field, you know, but... The thing is, they, they should have watched his move. They should have watched Jay-Z's move. His thing wasn't just about him, you know, being an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, he knew in, in order for him to really, you know, be crowned, you know, with money, right, you got, you, you got to be an owner. Like you say, you know, it wasn't about the business. He was a business. He wasn't a business, man. He was a business, mm -hmm. right? We're turning hustlers to harvesters. We're, we're pushing the brand this as a business, okay. right? In this business, we know this. Us being, you know, older heads, OGs, whatever they want to call us, mm -hmm. right? We have an obligation to these young people to lay that foundation. Absolutely. Right? To create those career pathways that will lead to, you know, you being crowned like that. The same, you know, you don't have to think that all of y'all got to go after trying to be some rapper mm -hmm. or trying to be, you know, whatever, basketball player, whatever. You can do it right here with the food industry. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so, we, you know, we, we're opening those doors. We're making the type of connections we need, you know, exploring, you know, different networks and whatever to, to establish, you know, Hustlers of Harvest and letting them know. And there's nothing wrong with that terminology either. Right. You know, we're saying let's clean that up. Right. You know, we don't have to let somebody else. You know, you could take put that back, narrative. Take, we taking that and put back the real energy yeah, take of that. Back you know, and we know that in order for us to be in this game, this urban agriculture game, you got to be a hustler. You got to be aggressive. Right. Because when we looked around, where were we at at the table? Where were we at when you talk about, you know, right here in D.C., they got a full policy council. How many of us are on that? Right. So How many of us even know about it? So speaking of which, so. What's the support been like from the local government and any other businesses in, in, in D.C. for your initiative? Well, we've been fortunate in one sense, but we also had to fight in another sense. Okay. Right right there in our immediate neighborhood, and we name names. You know, a lot of people say, oh, maybe you don't want to name. Well, we, we do name names. names. How are you going to know what's going on if people don't identify them straight up? Mm -hmm. Right? We, The way that we even got into actual community gardening, right, with the garden that we have on Dick Street, right there, fifty uh, fifty fourth and fifty fourth and Dick's. We had to literally, we had take to literally take gorilla do a gorilla move on. Right, we had to do a hustle move because you had a, a entity that wasn't from that area, right? wasn't of the same persuasion we are. Mm -hmm. Who had uh, he's supposed to be managing this, and it was neglected. 
Nobody was saying anything about this. And as a consequence of that neglect, right, entities that may have used that for criminal enterprise was like getting more bold right there in that area. You know, okay. Anywhere else, they wouldn't allow that to happen. So they was out there doing what they Doing did, what they had to do because it was right there. Okay. Right? It was accessible. It was open. Wasn't nobody, you know, utilizing that space. So it's drug sales, all that, types of stuff. All type of stuff was going okay. on. So, you know, we went on and we found out that, you know, this, this space, this green space was supposed to have been managed and coordinated by this entity called Washington Parks and People, mm-hmm. right? And we we tried to have some conversation with this individual who was the director and founder of a, an individual named Steve Coleman. And unfortunately, it didn't lead to anything because he was so condescending, right, towards us, right, as if, you know, he was speaking to some subordinates or some slaves or something. And so we ended up talking with, not only himself, but also uh, Department of Parks and Recreation, who coordinated that, who's really is their, their property. Okay. And so we ended up uh, being uh, granted the right to uh, utilize it, you know, coordinate and manage it, right? And we brought, that, we brought that up so fast, right, that it ended up, we ended up being invited to uh, 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 Farm Aid. Farm Aid 2016, which uh, consisted of Willie Nelson and LeBronca, uh country singers and all that. You know, thanks to the Chris Dreaming Out Loud, mm-hmm. right? He uh, helped to provide for us to get to uh, to that event, right? Okay. It's a rare, it's not a, it's, it's a rare event that comes like, sir, that goes from state to state each year, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. they support uh, agriculture. Right. Okay. And, um, you know, basically, um, we ended up, you know, because of that, uh, contention with this individual, this this entity, Washington Parks and People, uh, we ended up, you know, having to, you know, find out about the ANC, you know, advisory neighborhood commission, what part they play in allowing that entity to to get that. And this is the same entity that ended up uh, buying. You, we mentioned earlier about the old Barnett's. Okay. Right. He ended up squatting on it. Squatting, you know, squatting on and buying it. Right, and turning it, it was supposed to have been turned into a cafe, a uh, catering service, as well as a community space. Mm. But what we found out was that all it was was a cash cow for for this entity. Okay, it, it didn't. What they did really, the money that they were making off of this business, it wasn't. It, it wasn't floating back in our community, and so. They also allowed for this individual to squat on the property up off of 16th Street mm-hmm. here, 11, right? A mansion called the Josephine oh. Baker Center. Yes, that they squatted on, and the city negotiated with them and, and sold it to them. Right? They make annually. This entity makes a million dollars plus. Wow! Likewise, they turned around. They they established a community garden called uh, Columbia Heights. Eleven, yeah, Columbia Heights Garden. Right? It's off of 11th Street. 11th Street. I believe. And they they did it as a community garden, you know, had the community all excited about a couple of years. Again, squatting, basically that's what it amounted to. It ended up, they ended up buying that. Okay. Right? Dollar. So we're saying to ourselves, we're looking dollar. at this, right? A lot of people weren't looking at it. And we're saying, wait, man, why would that entity leave from up here in their own neighborhood, right, and then come over here? Well, did, was it about you know, really caring about residents over here in this neighborhood, or was it about this neighborhood was about, and they understood that it was about to be redeveloped. Yes. And yes. they wanted to be the first ones in there, 
you know, with a restaurant. Okay. Because that's what it's going to amount to so that they can make money. Okay. So let's talk about taking back property even further. Mm-hmm. Hustlers to Harvesters collaborating with Dreaming Out Loud. Yes. On the mm. farm at Kelly Miller. That's right. Cool. Okay. Let's talk about that. How did that, how did that come mm. about? Well, I... Well, <laughs> not all at once. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, we 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 met uh, we met Christopher Bradshaw of Dreaming Out Loud, beautiful brother. You know, very visionary. Yes. You know, yeah, very practical shout, shout too. To yes, brother. absolutely. Right? I've known Chris and a long time. <laughs> we we were at a uh, agricultural uh, forum at Wilson High School, and ran into Chris. Got to talking with him. You know, and you know, again, you know, for us, it's like energy. You know, and our energy click, you know, he was already into our culture mm-hmm. like we were. And, uh, you know, he he had obviously done a lot of assessment of the agricultural landscape in D.C., mm-hmm. you know, because that's his background. His family comes from Tennessee. They, they were uh, urban or rural farmers and whatever. And so we clicked from the time that we met. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was sharing, you know, his experience. You know, he had some barriers that you know, was kind of holding him up, you know, but he also was very strategic in what he knew uh, him as a black urban agriculturist would yeah. have to do. And so he positioned himself. Uh, he, he got on the Food Policy Council, you know, uh, he got with DPR, Department of Parks and Recreation, some other uh, entity brought him together, you know, and uh, ended up, they ended up going after, you know, finances to uh, get money appropriated so that they could establish the Keller Miller Farm that's over there in the area where we're at, right. over there in Northeast. And so, y'all pretty much just so help we, walk them in right. so, the, just, so the community right. would be open yeah, to them. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we did because um, actually uh, in our neighborhood, you know, uh, which is our ANC members, right, the uh, area neighborhood commissioners, right? You know, they they could be difficult to deal with. Very so difficult. Very, you're right. Let me rephrase that. Very difficult. And uh, just by chance, Chris, knowing that, you know, us hustlers and we ain't going for nothing. And just simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. So he came to us uh, and, and showed us the idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And we loved it because uh, Calamilla, that was <laughs> our born and raised starting ground with a swimming pool. At. <laughs> you wasn't from Clay Turles or Lincoln Heights or Deanwood if you ain't with the Calamilla swimming pool and mm-hmm. got you a good fight in because you <laughs> had to do that coming back home. Yeah. Even if you lived in Lincoln Heights, you had to fight. Had so, to, you had to earn your stripes somehow. You, you had to earn them because yeah. if, you, if you went back the other way, you was dead. But yeah. make a long story short, right? Um, Chris uh, threw the idea out there to him, and we loved it. And uh and uh, he was also helping us up there at the Dick Street Farm, right. to our garden. And we don't have a farm. It's not a farm. Right. But he helped us up there right. so much, man. So we couldn't do nothing but return that favor. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I learned just through doing a little bit of research. I got uh, these uh, these fish peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to know more about these fish peppers because I like I, I like uh, spicy food. Well, actually. <laughs> that's another brother. That's another brother. That's okay. Xavier Brown, oh, okay, right? Okay, 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 okay. Actually, that's how we met Chris, too. Through, okay. uh, Got to get shouts out to Xavier Brown from DPR. Okay. okay. Right. Uh we help him. Uh, we, we, He's we from uh, his, his his organization called Soil, Soul for City. Soil, Soil for City. City. Okay, I think mm-hmm. a friend of mine interviewed him a while back right. for her show. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, what he does, he uh, grows these peppers, right? Okay. And uh, actually, he you you know we love the brother because the brother still think back with the community, right? He put back in the community what he do. 
he get he, he gives us enough seeds to grow in each garden or each farm, right? Okay. And what after the seeds, you know, after the peppers grow, he buy them back from us. Right. Wow. And okay. creates us, and creates the sauce, right? Okay. And uh, um, yeah, he hustling. Okay. He hustling. All right. And I think the sauce called pimping. Yeah, pimping. yeah. Fresh, fresh, <laughs> fresh pimping. Uh, fresh peppers. So oh, okay. All right. Cool. Well. I know we're running out of time. Um, man, we could we could go on for yeah, for real. I thought we just started. Nah, for we real, could, we could go on for it, uh-huh. but nonetheless, um, before we close out, um, I want to just ask real quick um, about what it would take for returning citizens who may have interest in entrepreneurship of any type, mm-hmm. you know, or even working within urban agriculture. How can they get involved? What are things just you know? A first step. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to really give out the whole structure because that could that could be difficult. That could be complicated, and depending upon the person's situation. But just what's a good first step? Well, here's the first step, right here. Brother, right here, got a fly right here. Okay. At the Keller Miller Farm, at the Keller Miller Farm, we're going to be uh, ourselves dream, dreaming out loud with, in partnership with Dreaming Out Loud, uh, Hustlers and Harvesters. We're gonna be doing a workforce development training program. Okay. Right. It's gonna be up at the Keller Miller Farm, right? And we're gonna have six cohorts or six participants, right? And we're hoping to have at least three women, three men. Okay. Right. And um, we basically are going to train them in agriculture, different aspects of agriculture, urban agriculture. Mm. Uh, and we're gonna pay. We're gonna pay them fifteen dollars an hour, twenty-five hours a week. Right, it's gonna be really engaging. They're gonna learn carpentry. They're gonna learn uh, planting, harvesting, seeding, all of that. Right, mm-hmm. composting. They, composting. They'll get a certificate at the end of it. We also have sat down with different uh, organizations and agencies, like uh, say Arboretum, mm-hmm. the zoo, and so forth. Some uh, farms in the Maryland and Virginia area that, at, at the completion of the uh, training, the workforce development training they have an opportunity to interview for jobs at these different places as well. Okay. And we're going to be also, as part of the training, we'll be training them in entrepreneurship. Okay. So if they choose a career path in agriculture, they'll have the tools, okay. the, 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 the entrepreneur, the business tools, that they could go in and establish their own business. Awesome. awesome. We also have, you know, uh, we're in partnership with uh, DLSB, Small mm-hmm. Business you know, they also have a entrepreneur training for returning citizens called Aspire. Mm. So, you know, those who are interested in that, uh, they should definitely get with that to learn about the business aspect or entrepreneurship. Okay. And we'll be doing a lot of entrepreneur training as well. And you have, you know, just for people to understand, you also have the University of the District of Columbia, which is a land grant university. Mm-hmm. And it has a agricultural based program there called Causes. They have a three and a half acre farm called um, East Capital Farm right off of East Capital and Southern Avenue. They also do entrepreneur training. We're in partnership with them as well. And we're going to be doing a lot of the the, uh, entrepreneur training based in agriculture up there at East Capital as well as over here at the Keller Miller Farm. Especially, and we we emphasize and we target return citizens, yeah, period. Sure. Okay. And individuals, these mar- marginalized population, people with disabilities and so forth. I- I'm a trauma-informed kid trained facilitator as well. And we're going to be offering that as a life skills. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, mindfulness, you know, yoga, those type of things. So it ain't going to be you just out there in the garden and the farm all day. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's fully just, you know, yeah. 
Exactly. Getting your mind right and, and everything. That's and, right. And we we are trying. Well, uh, first and foremost, I've been blessed since I've been home. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I am the ambassador for my brother's keeper for the whole War Seven, the Barack Obama program. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing. And I am the commissioner for the Martin Luther King Initiative for the whole war. Right. Shout out to the mayor. Shout out to Shout the mayor, Mer, the mayor. Merle Bowser. Merle Bowser, thank you for putting me in a position that we can be <laughs> able to exercise. That's right, yes. Dr. Mitchell. Dr. Mitchell. Kendrick. Kendrick Jackson. Okay, I know Kendrick. Kate Middleton. Uh, mm, mm, Kate Middleton. Right. Uh, Carolina uh, Howie How, from UDC. Okay. But uh, also, though, um, I'm also... Uh, the community outreach analyst for uh seven CO two Murray Morgan guy give her a shout out. Okay. Also, uh, um, we we are skilled in carpentry, hoop house certification, uh, smokehouse certification, mm-hmm. uh, farm we uh farm um, um urban farm specialist mm-hmm. and compost specialist. New uh also uh we obtaining our certification in nutritional facts also right. Okay. And uh, so we just been moving, man. And I we, see. we I see. and we and we opening doors and letting everybody see, man. Look, if we could do it, y'all could do it. Absolutely. We older guys, oh, and, man. So and that's, and that's and we hustlers, and man. And that's often that's all it takes, you know, just that's seeing right. somebody who looks just like you do it, Absolutely. and that means it's possible, yeah, you know. So. It's, it's not going to be easy, right. but it's, anything is possible. Yeah, if you it ain't never been easy, you know. <laughs> um, all right, so I know you have the Facebook page, Hustlers the Harvesters, correct? Yeah, we got Hustlers the Harvesters. We got uh, you can go on my uh, Facebook site, Bo Luther. I know it's country, B O E L U T H E R, and then we got uh, um, University of Hard Knocks. Okay, University of Hard Knocks. We're gonna blow that out and of the We're gonna minute. blow all that stuff out because okay. that's what we are, the Hard Knocks. And, and you sure, are too, bro. I make, I make sure I put all those links in the in the show in the show notes so everybody knows where exactly where to go, where they can find the information too about the Workforce Appreciate Development it. Training Program. Mm-hmm. Application deadline is Friday, March second. So get busy, get it in there, get that's that right. up so y'all can um, participate. Um, Bo Wallace. Thank y'all so much. Um, this was a great conversation, and and and, and it, I learned a lot from it. Believe Thank it or not, you know what I mean. I mean, like I said, Chris is a buddy, a good buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. But we actually don't talk about urban agriculture as much as you may think. But okay. Okay. I mean, I know he don't always want right. to talk yeah. about work, but right. you know, yeah, but well. just talking to y'all, just in terms of just the history right. and everything. That that's stuff that I love. So I thank y'all for just sharing a little bit of that you, of that experience. And, and we can say Geronimo, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you man. Cause hey, without a, without y'all young generation, like I tell you, bro, we won't be nothing, man. Right. And it go both ways, man. That's right. Right. All right. That's a wrap. That's All a wrap. Right. Peace. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.